Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 150, the anniversary episode. 150. Does that make it an anniversary? I don't know. It seems like a significant, like, rounded It's number. a number. It's a number and it's a, a, a cool number. So there we go. It's a cool number. But he, here's the thing. So it's kind of nice that we were, we're like in a pattern, like we're, we're doing consistently our update episodes and interviews. We, we've had some legit interviews lately. Yeah. Right. And we're excited about the uh, one that we're going to actually drop this Sunday. Yes. And then we have a few more. And if there's ever, you guys ever suggestions for people we should be interviewing, let us know in the comments or hit us up in the DMs. And, uh, you know, we won't be able to get to everyone, right? Because, you know, sometimes we got to figure out, you know, what's best for all of us, right? Because sometimes somebody might be a great seller, but at this point in time, it may not be helpful, right? Like, I thought putting Lindy on for to talk about liquidation, I, th- I thought was like at the right time. Yeah, no, that was great. I think, I think especially with uh, the the way everybody's trying to pivot right now and everyone's kind of trying to figure out what's going to be their method of selling and, and to get through difficult times. And and just the more tools you have in your tool belt. And I think that's one of the great things about our interviews is is I I, I tend to take like a, a nugget or two from each person of like, mm-hmm. ooh, I should use this or I could j- use this. And so I, I, it's like I'm collecting tools. I'm developing my skill set. And so you're never going to have your model of selling just like somebody else. And if it is just like somebody else, you're probably going to fail because you're trying to do it the way they do it. But if you're able to well, pick, maybe. well, you know, but if you, if you pick the things that work for you out of each person and you don't try to be, you know, somebody else and do it the exact same way and pick up the exact same things. Now, maybe it works, but, but it's good to be able to to develop your own uh, abilities, your own skills and kind of take. So that's one th- reason I like the interviews. So we've got a great one coming up this Sunday, uh, which means we had back-to-back interviews, which means if you haven't listened to our last level up review, go check it out. You know, it's going to be a little while before we have another level up review. Uh, it was pretty interesting. We talked, we got about- an answer to a book that we're doing for our next one. Yeah. Yeah. So check oh, out our last one. You want to talk about the last one. Yeah. Sorry. Check out our last one and then upcoming. So not this Sunday, but the next Sunday we're going to be doing rich dad, poor dad. So, I'm excited about that. I've uh, I've read some of the content from the guy. Uh, there's certain things that I definitely like from his. There's certain things that I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not sure. So uh, that always makes for great content is because, you know, uh, we we can, again, take what we feel works for us and kind of glean from lots of different people and become the greatest, well-rounded individuals that we can possibly become. And I'm excited that PRS wow. Podcast gets to be intense. Yeah. I just laugh because... I would say we've probably been okay with all the books. There was one that we kind of were just like, no. Uh, but yeah, that's, and again, it's like anything, you always got to be open to to learning. And maybe sometimes, like we may bring somebody on the podcast that you guys are like, oh, I can't stand that person, but they still can bring you value, right? Don't don't shut it off. At least listen for the for the fact that Mike and I care. Or or a book that we read, you know, might not be one that you agree with or you enjoy, but, but again, we're trying to pick nuggets and we're trying to, you know, ultimately improve our own reselling and offer tidbits. And, and are we going to miss things? Of course. But, uh, you know, that's why we do what we do. And today we've got an interesting topic, right? Yeah, we're talking so, about scamming. Yeah. It, it, the question is scamming the scammers. Is that possible? Ooh, I, no, like I don't that. know. I don't know if that's what we're going to talk about. But right now, I think scamming online is at an all time high. Oh, for sure. Like I, I've never I mean, and and we'll talk about this a little bit scamming isn't like, it's not like every day, right? Or it's not, it may not even be every week. It may be like once a month. It all depends on what you're selling too. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But as a result of the pandemic, right? Everybody that's 
I think a scammer is coming out of the woodwork. Well, one thing I've noticed, and I do, I do think that's part of it. Um, people are trying to pick up the opportunity of people being online, and there's lots of forms of scamming. We couldn't possibly talk about all of them, um, but one thing that I've noticed, and this could be a wrong observation, but I felt like when the economy was doing really well, scamming actually seemed to like decrease a little bit. Maybe there wasn't as much of a need for it, and then as the economy is starting to maybe not do so well people are jumping back in it, right? Like, I feel like there are some people who scam because, you know, they're trying to make money. And I'm, I mean, I've watched one video where it was kind of like like scamming the scammer where somebody was pranking the person who was scamming them back. And eventually, by the end, they were like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this to people? Why are you calling? And the guy broke down on the phone and was like, I'm sorry. Like, this is just like, I don't know how to, what else to do to make money. And and you could tell like he was, wow. he wasn't a great person because he was, or he was doing a, a terrible thing, but but it wasn't like, and, and of course he could have just been lying and, and again, conning more, but, but some people get into this because they, they don't know what else to do. And this is kind of a fallback. And so they scam in order to make money. Um, and I was recently scammed on eBay. Uh, so I'm kind really? of, yeah, I'm glad we're going to be talking about this. So. We're not going to start off the show with your, your story. Oh, you want to hear it? Uh, no, well, let, let's talk a little bit about some things first. Is that okay? Yeah, man. All right. The- <laughs> I, I don't know. It's funny because, you know, Mike and I have talked about this, how I'm very like, here's our here's our outline. Mike's like, let's just go with it. Right. Right. It's funny because I'm the disciplined one on the podcast. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Anyways. Unbelievable. All right. So I don't I, like that word. Those of you that listen to our podcast, you know what I'm referring to. Okay. So here's the thing. All the time, if you want, you can find scams on eBay and Amazon. And what I mean is, you can go to forums and you could hear people call it scam bay, right? I'm a scam, whatever you want to call it. Like you can go down this dark, dark nether world of like how eBay is terrible. eBay always sides with the, with the buyer. Amazon doesn't care about it, which may be true. And you can go there. But the reality of it is 99.999999% of buyers are not trying to scam you. I mean, how many scams have you actually dealt with, you think, in your now almost two years of reselling? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I've had a few where it was buyers doing scamming. And like I said, I've had some um, where it was the opposite, where it was a seller scamming. Um, But part of it depends on what you're looking into. So like, if if you're the kind of person who believes uh, every deal, right? Like, whether it's on Craigslist, OfferUp, eBay, um, you're going to find scams. Like I talked about it before, like I've multiple, multiple on trailers or cars, right? Like that I'm looking up and it's like, you could tell it's the same scam just being run by different people or maybe even the same person just using different types yeah, of Yeah, we got listeners DM us yeah. saying that they encountered the same scam you did. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, so the thing is, it's hard to put an exact number of how many times there's been scamming because it really, for each person, it's going to depend on what they're looking for and what types of things you're selling or trying to buy. You're going to run into those. But the nice thing is, I feel like there's only so many tricks in the book. And if you're wise, you're going to spot them quickly. And you're, it, it, it's almost like when you get like the the cruddy offers, and you know, someone's like really lowballing you and you kind of just ignore it. It doesn't bother you anymore. I feel like it's the same way with certain people trying to scam you. If you know what to look for, you kind of just roll your eyes and move on and, and you can kind of forget. Uh, but as far as like, do I feel like I've been somebody's actually taken advantage of me and I've lost maybe maybe two times, three times in total so far since I've been res- reselling where it's like, man, I got the short end of the stick on that one. Um, they got me good. You know? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you will get scammed at some point in time, 
I mean, we may have that one listener that has never been scammed in 20 years, but it, it I think every reseller will be scammed just like anything in life, right? You end up going to McDonald's and they give you half a, half a, you know, thing of fries. I mean, what? I don't know if that's a scam. But yeah, that's a scam. That's, that's a McDonald's scam. But, if you go on the internet, you'll see that they're trying to do that. They're trying to scam you but, out of your but, money but, there at the know, McDonald's with the french fries. You always get worked over somehow, right? And the one thing you got to understand is that I'm a, I've always been of... Initially, when I started reselling, I was always like anybody that asked me a question or told me that they were in the hospital or that somebody had died or da-da-da. Pretty much most of the time, I was like, scammer, 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 right? And then over time, like in doing this for a little while, I started to go, no, you know what? I'm going to instead give people the benefit of the doubt until it really gets tricky, right? Because sometimes, you know, you'll see these sub stories. Now, I'm not saying you have to cave into the sub story, right? You get those all the time. Like, hey, this is, this is the only money I have right now uh, because I had a death in the family and this and this and this. But most of the time, the stuff you're, you're selling, like, wh- why, why would somebody, like, of all the remaining money that they have left, spend it on that item, right? So, you know, spend it on a comic book. Like, really? Like, that, that's, that's what you're spending or that's what your limited income? No, right? So those are kind of easy. Now, those of you that are brand new, I will say you will get hit with scammers. Right. And and this is not only eBay. This is Poshmark, Mercari, all the other online platforms. You will get hit with scammers. Do you remember do, those? Yeah. And I do think they start with people who are brand new sellers, too. Like specifically. 100%. Like yeah. My, like the my, moment you open your account. Yeah. My brother-in-law, like we, we tried to convince him like, hey, you should sell some stuff on eBay. And so he opened up an account and like one of the first things he listed, he listed like a pair of shoes. And I don't even understand the scam. Like I was like, I don't get what, what they're trying to pull here. But the person offered him like significantly more money than he had it up for. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, of course, it's like, take the offer. So excited. And he lets me know, like, yeah, I had it up for 50 and somebody offered me like $197. I'm like, yeah, it's a scam. Like, that, that's not a real thing. And, and when, when, it was when like, you're new, you're like, wow, yeah. like, this is how this is awesome. Yeah. But, but again, it's kind of weird that like, yeah, I mean, it's almost like maybe... Some some scams are, are legitimately trying to find ways to take money from you, right? They're trying to they're trying to sell sell you something they don't actually have, or maybe send you back a fake. Or there's a lot of different ways that people will scam. But sometimes I think there's just trolls, right? There's just some people who just like to mess with you. Yeah, but I do I do want to address it for some of the new listeners or new sellers that those are legitimate. That like that is if there's ever a scam that's easy to spot on those platforms, it's that one. Yeah, but what do they get out of it? Like that's why I'm well, saying it's, like, it's, is it a, it's troll? a Nigerian prince Craigslist scam on eBay. Yeah, but I, I I understand that one because that one is give me your bank account, right? Like the the whole Nigerian prince thing is like give me your bank account and then I'll put in money and then you'll be able to keep ten percent of it and it's gonna millions of dollars, right? Like I understand that one, but when it's like, hey, I'm gonna pay you more money for this item. Like unless there's like a later message that comes. That's no, like, there, hey, is, there is. Okay. Like if you if you follow it through, I know some people follow it through is like they offer that, and then they're like, "Hey, I can't pay this right now via PayPal. Mm. Can I send you money? You know?" And then they go into like the rabbit trail, the rabbit yeah. trail, right? Money order, Western Union, go sign for it. You know, all, all that craziness. So that's an easy one to spot. The other one is the hey, text me off the platform or email me here. Mm. Okay. And this one, you really got to be careful about, right? Because if you know, if you've been selling eBay or any other platform, any platform is very clear that if you do business outside of their platform, you are bound to get suspended. 
right? And and I've had new sellers that have DM'd us and said, Orlando, they just I wanted some information. They asked me to email them, and I replied back, and I said, sure, and boom, algorithm hit, account suspended. So got to be careful on that one. No contact outside of the plan. And it's for your own safety because if anything ever will go down, let's say you send an item, you get scammed or whatever, eBay doesn't have access to your emails, right? But if it's within messages, or if it's within Mercari or Amazon, that's where you want to keep all your information. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, it, it, that's just smart. Um, it reminds me of something, and this is a little bit off topic, but just things to watch out for. Like sometimes you see things like maybe on Craigslist or or offer update. Like this just seems weird. Like like one thing you'll you'll often find on like an offer up or a Craigslist is let's say you want to buy something. You want to buy trinket. Okay. So you, you see this trinket and it's $85 on Craigslist and they, in the ad will have the link. Like here's the link of it on Amazon, right? And you click on it on Amazon and it's only $65 on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You're like, why would they do this? I'm going to buy it off Amazon. So you buy it right then. Well, it's an affiliate link that they're using. Mm-hmm. And so they're making you think like, I'm getting such a good deal by buying this on Amazon right now, but you're using like, so there are a lot of different ways that people will try and manipulate you. I mean, at least that one is is kind of harmless in the sense of like, you're not getting hurt from it. But yeah, anytime somebody is, is asking you to do something off the platform, you know, um, check out this link or email me here or give me a, a phone call. Now it's very different if you're talking about Facebook marketplace, offer up Craigslist, those ones I'd say, go for it, text message, go off platform. Uh, unless you're shipping, right? Like if you're shipping through OfferUp, if you're shipping through Facebook Marketplace, you need to stay within the platform. Uh, but eBay, you know, it's just, it's the cost of doing business on eBay. There's going to be fees. There's going to be all of that, but then there's also the protection. So if you try and go outside of that, not only are you not protected, but you're asking for a lot of trouble. Yeah, true. And so, and and the scammers very much know that, right? Because if they can get you outside of the protection, then they're, they're good, right? There, there's no coming back. And you know, it's interesting, Mike. I, I went to certain interesting websites in research for this. And do you know there's full-on manuals about how to scam people? Oh, I believe no, it. No, but like like on eBay and Amazon and all that. Like, I didn't know. Oh, I'm sure. I actually... It makes I, sense. I didn't bring it with me, but I actually was reading through one of them. It's like the anarchist cookbook, but for, for eBay scammers. But no, but it, it was shocking to me. Like, they had they had all their own covers. Like, here's how to do... a. a um, item not as described. Here's how mm-hmm. to do this type. Here's how to do this type. And and it was basically like, all right, these stores, these kind of stores, like we're not talking about eBay. It's okay for you to say item did not arrive, but don't go more than two because you'll get blacklisted and they'll share the information with this store. Mm-hmm. And this is how you call Amazon. And this is how you do the return. And this is how, and so I was like, wow, like this was eye-opening to me. Like I, I've never heard of this. And I, you know, obviously I'm not going to share where I found this, but it's pretty easy to find. Yeah, it's probably actually a good idea, to be honest. Um, I mean, if somebody's going to be dishonest and they're going to try and cheat the system, they're going to find that stuff anyways. But it's probably good for people who are honest, hardworking, legitimate people to actually be aware of what types of scams are happening because you'll be better protected, right? So it's probably not a bad idea to understand what types of scams people do on Craigslist or eBay or Amazon. Sometimes they're going after like the big, right? Like, it's easy to scam a corporation because they just don't have the the ability or, or or they don't even really care enough about a single item that if you, mm-hmm. you know, fake return something well, or whatever. Well, how many times you see on the news that Amazon, like, yeah. somebody got $3 million in scams by sending... Remember that one story? The yeah. guy sent back boxes of sand. And, like, no one knew about it until randomly a worker one day decided to look in a box. Yeah. 
right? And the whole investigation went down. Well, I had one, like, I think I've talked about it on the podcast at least over a year ago. Um, but twice somebody else's package got sent to me and I don't know who it was cause it had kind of like our address, but it was different. But that address that was on the box wasn't like a real address and the name. We didn't know who like the person was. So we couldn't just like walk next door and give it to them. So we called Amazon. Like, can you guys come please pick this up? Like it was dropped off by FedEx or UPS or whoever. Come pick this item up. You know, we don't want this box. It's not ours. And they're like, uh, no, like they'll, they'll call in when they don't get it and we'll just send another one. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want us to do with this one? They're like, keep it. And we're like, keep it. Like, what are you talking yeah. about this? We didn't buy this. Like, so if I, I can only imagine what if it was a third party item, right? Like, and they're like, sorry, your item didn't show up. Like, are you responsible for that? You know, no, so. no, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I just recently got refunded for an item I never sent back. Mm. And that's it. Like, I didn't even I wasn't trying to scam anything. Yeah. I, I was told I had till June 1st. So I was, you know, I got busy. I'm like, oh, I'll make sure I get to it. And then I noticed like you've been refunded. I'm like, OK, so do I get to keep the item? Right. So, right. And so I'm, I'm looking at the, at the scammer handbook right now. Right. So there's like, they'll do, did not arrive, empty box cams, empty returns, can't return. And then they talk about like how to do it on different platforms. And here's the different scenarios. Like here, wow. are you looking at this? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Like, here's what happens if somebody has taken a picture of it. What if the product requires a signature? So there are people truly that do make a living off of scamming. Right. I mean, that's like anything. I mean, it's criminal enterprises are all over the place. So it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a shock. If they put that much, you know, ingenuity look at, look towards something else in life, you know, they'd probably be very successful and not have to scam. I mean, they have it broken down. Like, here's how to scam FedEx. Here's how to scam UPS. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here before they come after me. But, <laughs> but anyways, uh, that was pretty crazy, right? It's crazy. No joke. So I, the reason I say I wanted to share this is that here's the deal. Few things you have to understand before we get into really about how to stop the scammers. One is. You're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna get scammed at some point in time. We already talked about that. Two is it depends on what you're selling and the platform that you're on. Right? So some platforms are more prone to scamming, and that's kind of a reality you're gonna have to deal with. So for example, Amazon to me is the one that is the most prone to scamming, right? And and the simple part is their return policy, right? They're very clear. They say Amazon does not accept responsibility nor reimburse for returned items that are damaged by a customer subject to recall or defective or in the violation of Amazon policies or other similar reasons. We add these items to your unfillable inventory when they return. So if you're doing FBA and and those of you that done FBA, you may be able, sometimes I know people open a case and they argue with Amazon, they may get reimbursed, but overall in their terms of service, their TOS, they don't have to, right? On eBay, right, you have you have some more, you know, ways to kind of beat the scammers, right? On Macard, you kind of do. On Poshmark, you kind of do. So you got to be understand each platform is different. The other thing is, and you talked about this earlier, is that depending on what you sell, you're more prone to scammers, right? So if you're selling iPhones, man, that is heavy scammer, right? Electronics, heavy scammers. Video games, right, can be heavy scammers. If you're selling vintage clothing, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, there might be some fake. It's like today I made a, a big purchase on, on a bunch of items and I got it for a real good deal. And part of it was like, am I getting scammed? But I'm like, no, like who is going to make a counterfeit of this item? Right. But when it comes to other items, you may get back a fake iPhone. You may get back a fake. I've had uh PlayStation controllers return to me that were like knockoff PlayStation controllers. Right. And I, I, I wish I checked it more, but I know some of them, 
you know, they, they, they remove microchips. Like they'll just send you the bare bones. Right. So how do you proactively stop the scammers? What are some things you, you do that you can think of right off the top of your head without any planning at all? Without any, yeah. Uh, since we haven't really talked about this. Um, I don't know. Okay. So part of it is going to be to stop the scammers. You know, I don't know as far as like if you're the seller and you're going to have people who are scamming you on eBay other than having really good standing with eBay or having good standing with Amazon. So that way, if there's a bad situation, uh, so like for instance, seller protections on eBay, uh, if you're offering free returns, it doesn't, or just 30 day returns. Um, if you have good standing, if you're a top rated seller, if you've got those things where like, hey, you're, you're proved yourself as a seller, then if you get scammed, you've got a lot more protections, right? So that's one thing you could do kind of proactively to stop scammers is just be in a position where um, you can call eBay and eBay is going to side with you right now. If you've, if you're brand new and you haven't really proven yourself, or if you've had multiple, like if, if you're calling into eBay every time, like we, when we were at eBay open, we even talked with some of the execs and they were kind of explaining it this way. If you get an item not as described, um, maybe occasionally uh, it's, the customer, right? But sometimes it's going to be you. Now, if you're saying every single time it's the customer, then eBay is going to look and say, look, you had 10 INADs this month and you said all of them were customers. Maybe you're the scammer, right? Like, but if it's like, <laughs> if you, if you get back, I'm waiting for a rep to say that. I think you're the scammer, right? Like that, that but that's got to be what they're thinking. But like, let's say, let's say you get five returns and four of them, you, you just eat the cost. Cause it's like, yeah, it got broken in transit or this happened, or maybe I did like I put the wrong size or slightly wrong color or shape or whatever, right? Like you can, but then there's one that's like, nope, the customer is definitely scamming me. I got a, a, a box back of broken stuff, or this is definitely not the pair of shoes I sent out. Then you've got more protections because you, you're saying, look, those other ones, okay, maybe they were my fault, but this one's not. And so that's one way of proactively preventing it is by basically building yourself up as a reputable seller. I, and that's exactly where I was leading to, right? Because we can do a whole podcast on like the different kinds of scams, right? I could bring back that manual and go like, this may happen and this may happen. Maybe we should at some point. No, but it's like kind of like the secret service. Like how does the secret service determine what's a counterfeit? They study the real bill. Yeah. Right? Because there's so many variations, right? And so it's better to, hey, basically it's like, how do you make sure that you are at the top of your game to ensure that this doesn't happen? And it gets down to, like the nitty gritty from like even sourcing, right? If you're sourcing items, right? Make sure they're not items that may cause you problems later, right? So if they're electronics, if if they're, you know, it, it works, but sometimes it's not working. And then you get, you, you're worried that you may get a scenario where somebody claims it's not working and then they want a refund and then you get back junk. Well, maybe that's not a place you want to source, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to clothing, if there's too many flaws, now I'll share about how you can get around that, but if there's too many flaws, right, you may put yourself in danger of an INED, right? If if you have issues with like, you know, let's say you have a bunch of, of video game consoles, right? And you know that certain video game consoles lend uh, to more counterfeiting or lend to more issues, maybe you don't want to source that. The other thing is not being rushed in your listings. I know this, this seems like eBay 101, but a lot of the reasons that not even scammers, like people that are trying to do returns to win their cases is because somewhere something was dropped, mm. right? We get, I get hit up all the time. Like, Hey, Orlando, like, I don't know why, but it seems EB is going to side with this person. So I go through a checklist and I'm like, Hey, well, how are your pictures? How's your description? How's your title? Da, da, da. And if there's one thing off, 
That's all. That's all the buyer needs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of like cover your own tail, right? Is like you got to protect yourself. And a lot of times you're doing things one because you want to get the sale, right? So you want to have good pictures. You want to have good description. But you might cut corners. You might go like, yep. "Hey, I don't need to take this picture, right. right? Or I don't need to really show this flaw too much." But that that'll end up costing you on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. So those things will help you as far as like preventing like a fake INAT or something like that. And if you're taking really high quality photos, it might help if they send back a fake, right? Because if it's like, hey, the stitching on this photo that that I, the item I sent them is very different than the stitching on the item that got sent back, right? And you've got the photos to prove it. Whereas if you didn't take uh, decent enough pictures where it's like, well, I can't really tell because in the original photos, it doesn't have that. So yeah, it's a good way to 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 proactively prevent scamming is to be as detailed as you can. So if you do know like, hey, these shoes that I sell, the fakes tend to look different here. Take really good up close pictures of those spots, right? So that you know if you get a fake back, it's like, nope, that's not what I was sent. And if you're looking at really, really expensive items, I know you've talked about doing this before. If it, if you're talking very, very expensive items, you might take pictures or videos as you're packing the item, as you're putting the label on it, as you're sending it out, right? Which because, may... Uh, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Well, yeah, I was just going to say like, so that... that I, I think is overkill probably 99% of the time. But if you if you've got like a several thousand dollar sale of like a really, really expensive electronic. And it's like, I want to show how this is packed, that it's in the, 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 this safely, that it's actually getting sent out. Here's the label going on it. So that way, if it comes back shattered or if they say they didn't get it, it's like, well, like here's at least some proof that I have. And I would say you would only do that if it's like absolutely like an extreme value item. I wouldn't do that probably almost ever. I'm going to throw a curveball here though. Do it eBay doesn't care. Really? Yeah. Like pictures and video do not matter. So, and, and if you, you disagree, let me know in the comments, but my, in my experience, and I've actually talked to reps and, and they're like, well, we don't need a picture. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter because you may have taken the video, right? I mean, I hopefully don't believe this about sellers, yeah. but you may take in the video and then you still might've sent something that was empty, an empty box. Right. But here, here's, here's the thing. So a couple of things. There, there's, there's a limit when you are doing too much in your listing. I know this is going to sound very counterintuitive. Is that the right word? Yeah, maybe. Okay. So for instance, I sell a lot of vintage stuff. So when I sell a lot of vintage stuff, whether it be clothing or electronics, and there's a lot of cosmetic wear, I'll just put in my listing cosmetic wear throughout. Please see pictures that covers everything. Right. Cause then if I try to go Take a look at flaw on picture four, flaw on picture five, flaw on picture six. You might not get to the flaws right now. If it's a scenario where it's, and this is where video kicks in. If it's an item that let's say, you know, I sell this all the time. I sell leather jackets that are vintage and there's flaws all over the place. So what I'll do is even though it's a clothing item or it's a pair of boots or whatever, I'll shoot a video of the entire thing. Right. And so all my bases are covered. And then I'll go, there's a great tool, go to flippertools.com after you upload it to YouTube and it'll give you an HTML code that you can put back in your listing and there's a thumbnail of that video. And you can tell the, the buyer, hey, cosmetic wear throughout, please see pictures and the C video above, mm. right? And I've done that. I, I think I started doing that right from the beginning when I was reselling. I've never had an issue about cosmetic wear. I've had maybe a person at one time going, this was may, may, way more worn than I expected it to be, but that's maybe not even a handful, maybe twice. Mm. Right. So then the onus is on the buyer, right? You shot video, you did the pictures, you told them it's messed up. 
Like that's it. Right. And it's always this idea, right. Of under, I'm going to mess this up under promise and over deliver. Yep. That's what it is. <laughs> I always mess that one up. Unless you're Grant Cardone and then it's over promise and over deliver. Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear him say that. So, so, but that's the deal. If, if you under promise and over deliver, like you're going to win 99.99% of the time and even more because how many times, I mean, my, I know feedback, it's all a bunch of templates, but how many times I get it? This was way better than I expected. This is almost like brand new. This is new. And I'm not trying to hear to, you know, be braggadocious about it. It's just good job, Orlando <laughs> on your template. Uh, I knew feedback. you were going to do that. I I'm so proud of you. Next time you get one, you should post it on Instagram. You know, say, it's Look, I got a plus 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 seller. That's a, that's a great grade. That's better than like an A plus. Like who gets that kind of grade? I do. That's how good of a seller. Do you ever, okay. Do you ever go back and see the feedback that they leave for other sellers to know if it's a template? No. Oh, you're not at that. I don't, I don't care that much. I do. I do because I sell vintage stuff. So when I get a a heartwarming story, like, like I got one the other day, like I've been looking for this for 30 years. So I'm like, okay, does this person always say this, right? Because th- that would destroy the and whole. And you looked it up, and that's what they put every single time. No, no, they did it. They did it. So, but you know what I mean, like. So, anyways, with that, <laughs> that's too good. But you definitely want to do that. So, cover yourself by not trying to point out every flaw if it's too flawed. Just throwing it out there and just saying, "Hey, it's it's used," <laughs> and there's gonna be cosmetic wear throughout. I my like even with buckles. I get patina, right? And I'll just say cosmetic wear throughout. I'll say used and then period cosmetic wear throughout plus patina. Please see pics. That's it. And I've never had an issue, right? The other way you could be proactive about this is understand. Number one, the easiest one is tracking, right? One of the biggest scams out there is I didn't get my package. Yeah. Right. And this is such a no brainer. Like if you are not buying labels, off of eBay or pirate ship or on Am- off of Amazon, like you, you need to make it happen. And I would say with Amazon, like a lot of people buy their shipping outside of Amazon and then they upload the tracking. It's actually better to buy your labels off of Amazon. If you're doing merchant fulfilled, if somebody files an A through Z claim, because since you bought it through Amazon, it's Amazon's tracking and, and you're done with it. Mm. Right. So tracking is so big, right? That that's one way to be proactive. Right. I wish more companies, like I don't know why more of them aren't. Probably because they know um they know their their drivers aren't always perfect with this. But I love the like taking a picture of like when the package was delivered at the door. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. Like that's genius. I think that would cover so many bases. And now drivers all have phones and you can give them a work phone and be the easiest thing. Like as soon as they scan it, just snap the picture. Um that, that I feel like that would solve a lot of problems too, because how many times like, well, I didn't get my package and it's like, well, here's the picture, right? Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. So, and, and the, the, the two other shipping ones, have you, have you done signature confirmation or any of that yet? Uh, I haven't, I haven't needed to actually, you know what I have, I think twice just by like customer request where okay. they've been like, I want like signature required on this item. Um, and so, you know, you, you invoice them, you charge them a little I bit had somebody more. Somebody do that. that for like a 40 pair of sandals one time. Yeah. I mean, there's, I was like, what? Okay. I mean, but you never know. Like, there's probably some backstory. Like, maybe their neighbor steals stuff from them or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, I want to make sure, you know, that I'm getting my stuff. So it might have nothing to do with you. It's like they've got their other life situation going on. You just have to be like, all right, whatever. Like, well, and, and do you. Yeah. And my rule of thumb is any, I pretty much anything that's worth more than 50 bucks, even though I may have said I'm going to ship it first class, I'll always ship it priority. Right. Because if you get your label from eBay, 
you get a hundred dollars insurance, right? And it's worth it to me. And I can't tell you how many times I've done that where the item was like $54 and I shipped it and it, it got lost or it got destroyed. And the fact that I shipped it priority, it helped me out. The other one is use the insurance that's on there. I, I think it's, and it's really easy. And, and we've shared this before, but I haven't used ShipCover, but I've used the post office and it's really simple. Like you go, you Google file a USPS claim and all the USPS wants is they want a picture, a screenshot of you refunding the individual. And they just want to know what the item is and what happened. It's always good though, if you have pictures of, you know, the packaging and all that, but it's not that hard. And within seven days, you get your money back, right? So, well, seven business days, that could mean 14 to 21. <laughs> it depends. But it's the same thing with FedEx, same thing with UPS, but I 100%, it, it's worth it to you. And I'll give you an example. The other day, I shipped out an item that I sold for $170. I was in a rush to, to pack it and I didn't buy insurance on it. And it showed up and it wasn't working. You were not being proactive. I wasn't. And the easiest thing would have been, like, if it wasn't working, I could have said, hey, the shipping probably got damaged in shipping. But now, could I still have done that? Probably. But I, I was trying to be ethical. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, I just it didn't feel right about doing that. So that's it. I mean, would I have gotten my $100 back? Sure. I would have lost the 70 But it's okay. I resold it and I got my money back anyways. And I sold it as parts, right? Nice. So... That's another way to be proactive, right? And, and the signature required, what was the limit? Do you remember the limit was? Like, do you have, a, yeah, I always recommend $300. Like, if it's over $300, because most of the time, things that are under $300, I'm not too stressed about as long as the tracking and you have insurance on it, you're okay. Yeah. Uh, but again, if it's something that's, uh, I would say, super collectible, I probably would do signature required, right? Because, you know, if it's like one in the entire world or one out of many, like, that's not something you want ending up somewhere else. It's true. So are any other proactive ideas you're thinking about here? Um, no, I think that's what I got for proactive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, but here's the thing. You want to make sure you do everything to the next level, right? Because in the end, it's going to play out. Now, the other proactive thing you wanted to share about is you brought this up. So being a top rated seller on eBay it's kind of a big deal. Not because like it's a big deal. Like, yeah, I'm a top rated seller. There's a lot of good things, right? You get the discount on your final value fees, right? I, I missed the days when I was 20 and now it's 10. But the seller protections are key. So if you offer 30-day returns, right? I, do you want me to confirm yep. if it's free? It's, it's, it's not free. It's 30-day returns. Okay, good. I always, I always go back and forth. I offer free returns. Now, I will say doing free returns actually puts you in a better place with ebay so i know you don't do free returns yet right yeah i mean i don't need to yet so that's okay fine. so i had two scenarios this last week i've never had this happen to me ever in my entire reselling career two days in a row i got sent back items that were trashed hmm. never have had that happen now here's my concern they're both used items so one was a pair of hoka shoes and one was a mountain hardware jacket i knew that it was going to be here's another way to be proactive you know that it may be a scammer or it may be an issue when there's too many questions being asked. Right. So you can choose to just ignore that person and move on or you can engage it, but understand like they may be setting you up for an INAD. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Right. They're like, they ask this, they ask this. And then I, I feel not, not that they're trying to be malicious, but they're going to call you out on it later if you don't do what they ask. Right. 
So these Hoka shoes, I had the size and the description. I had the size and the item specifics. I had a picture of the size. They messaged me like what, you know, I want to make sure what size it is. And I referred them back to the picture. I said, take a look at picture, blah, blah, blah. This is the size. Okay. They bought it. Two days later, I get a message like, these don't fit right. I got blisters. I'm going to return them. Now I got auto returns already. So I'm like, you know, I, and I, I strongly recommend auto returns one less thing to worry about. Um, and so I get it back and you know how like sweat stains mm -hmm. shoes, like these were stained up. Like this person, I think ran like a marathon in these shoes. Or they just sent you their old ones. Okay. Well, and we'll talk about that. That did happen in my other scam. Mm. Man, he, Mike's on it. Like foreshadowing, what do you call it? Fourth, yeah. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I get them back. And when I get them back, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I, these were super like nubs on nubs, like clean hokas. So I call eBay. I go, listen, I've never done this before, but I know that as a top rated seller who offers 30 day returns, I have the option of doing a partial refund. You only can do the partial refund if you're a top rated seller. So they're like, Hey, listen, it's all good. And this is why it's all good. I'm like, tell me why it's all good. This is actually a real conversation. And it didn't go exactly like that. They're like, Hey, you accept returns all the time. You've never caused a problem. We're going to side with you. Like these were the words of the, of the rep. And this was a concierge rep. So, you know, this was, a, you know, I feel like the concierge reps know a little more. Is it just me? No, I'm so, sure they do. Okay. All right. Like, I feel like there are other sellers that are on the phone. And it's really weird. So, so if the opportunity to go eBay open or get concierge opens up, take it. Okay. We just got grandfathered in and we're grateful. Thank you, eBay. Now, they, they, they said, Hey, based on the fact that this isn't a thing that you're always like you talked about before, you're always denying re If you're always denying returns, you're always having issues. eBay may see that on your record. So the guy was totally fine with it. So I only gave him 50% back. I did not give him back the original shipping. Right. And they only got like, I don't know, 20 bucks back. Never heard a peep from the seller yet. Right. But eBay sided with me. I'll be able to relist those hokas. I already made profit on them because I, I paid probably like under 10 bucks anyways. And so I'm going to re recoup that money now. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they, they offer. So uh, for instance, 
your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our, our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. I'm like, okay, it's only the second day I get a return package. I get a jacket that seriously looks like somebody went out in the woods. Now, there were two two different teams. There's tribalism that happened on Instagram. I put it on Instagram. Some people are like, Orlando, you're being too mean. They probably try to wash it and it got destroyed in the wash. Like, and other people are like, nah, that person bait, you know, he 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 switched, bait and switch. He switched the jackets, like you said. And it was funny. It was like strictly divided down the line on Instagram. Some people are like scammer. Some people are like, nah, it just probably got worn out or something. So, so again, understand that everything may be a scam, right? It all depends on your perspective. But this jacket was like, the whole front was all, like, all messed up. It was all dirty. It's like this person was like on, on the Blair Witch Project and like barely made it out of the woods. Like it was, it was really messed up. So I'm like, what? I have to deal with this again? So I call eBay. I'm like, listen, guys. I got another jacket and this jacket, this is my second day in a row. And you guys told me if it's not a constant thing, you guys got me. This is second day in a row, second item. They're like, it's all good. It's fine. So I did, I did the partial refund. I put in a description. I said, this item was damaged far beyond what I shipped it. And guess what happened within five minutes? Hmm. The buyer filed a case and said, I have multiples of this jacket. This is the style I like. And I know my jackets and this is not the jacket I sent back was already damaged when I got it. I feel like they kind of in some ways already admitted guilt. I have multiples of these yes! jackets. They, that's exactly what they said. Yeah. They said that they had multiples and, and I'm like, okay, maybe that you is, accidentally sent me the wrong one. Then. I know, but that I hundred, a hundred, this, this person was a scammer. Like I wholly, I, I completely wholly like W H O L L Y believe that this person was, 100% scamming because it's like, okay, you saw the jacket in the picture and the picture, the jacket was flawless. You sent me junk and you have tons of these. Now, I truly believe this guy does this all the time. Mm. How easy would that be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then especially if you got another account that you're selling it through, right? Like, and that's the one thing too is like, I almost wonder because some people set up accounts really fast and they set up, they connect their PayPal to an account. And they know they're going to get caught within a certain amount of time. And then they're able to shut it down. Like, for instance, the one that happened to me just the other day, um, this was me as I was the buyer. I wasn't the seller. Uh, but I I found through looking up OfferUp, I see that somebody's selling uh, SodaStream, which I already have a SodaStream. Oh, yeah, but, but I'm trying to that. find like containers, maybe really cheap. And so I'm looking them up on OfferUp and I see somebody selling like a whole setup. Uh, different than the one I have. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder what these sell for on eBay because they're selling one that's like basically brand new. Maybe I can make a little bit of money because they're selling it really cheap. So I look on eBay and I happen to find somebody selling brand new ones. Normally brand new, huh. they're selling for like 75 to 50 to $75, depending on where you're getting it from, what condition they're in, whatever. Somebody was selling brand new ones for $18.99, right? And they had like 
90 of them available. I was thinking, okay, maybe like somehow they got like a whole bunch of them. They're just trying to get rid of them. It was free shipping. I was like, there's no way this is too good to be true. But I was like, but it's eBay. Like they'll protect me if, if this is a scam. Right. And so they only had so many left. I could tell they had already sold like 80 of them. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to buy these. Right. So I bought two of them just to see if it would work and what it would, you know, go through. And I think there was a limit. Like I can only buy two or something. And then I look and I'm like, you know what? Cause, and the other thing is I called, actually I called my wife and I was like, should I get these? And I look over at how many reviews this person had and they had like 270 some reviews, you know, good star. I'm like, Oh, like good star. Like the like, right color. Yeah. It's the right color. Yeah. Like this is like, they've, they've clearly like <clears> if, <throat> if, if this was zero, if they had zero reviews, I'd be like, this is a scam. Yeah. But when you got 270, it's like, okay, this is somebody who's been selling. Right. Then after I made the purchase, I was like, I'm going to go look like this is too good to be true. And so I click on their name and I look and they haven't had a review in like 12 months. Oh, really? And I was like, what? And none of them were as sellers. and They were all as buyers like more than 12 months ago. And so I'm like, and this is the only item they have listed and they have a whole bunch of them. Within like an hour of making the purchase, I get an e- uh, a message from eBay saying it looks like you purchased something. Uh, that was not legitimate. Here's the form to fill out. Like we believe that this person's account was hacked and huh. you know, this listing wasn't. That's so weird. they caught it. Like I was going to turn it in if it, if it, you know, the items didn't come, which I knew they weren't going to come. But what I would say, even being proactive on that is sometimes, you know, you're sourcing on eBay, right? And you're like, Ooh, this deal. Cause sometimes you get a deal. that's too good to be true. And, and it, it's true, right? Like you're like, man, this person is selling this whole collection for a great price. I'm going to make a ton of money on it. But sometimes there's red flags, right? And so either way, it's a really good idea to do your research and look at more than just like, wow, they have, you know, 349 stars. Like clearly this is a reputable seller, but click because maybe they haven't had stars. They haven't had reviews in over a year and which means they haven't used their account and maybe their account got hacked. Right, yeah, like it's possible. Be proactive. No, that's exactly what happened on this situation. <laughs> no, I know. You You're know? right. But like, do your research. Right, like you can't just look at that number on the side and say like, this is all I need to look at. Now the other side is don't get scared off if it's somebody with zero feedback. No, it's right? true because those are sometimes the best buyers, and sometimes the scammers are the ones that have veteran numbers on there. Right, but like, but if you're buying, right, like, so if you're, oh buying, yeah, 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 I agree. So if you're the buyer, I would, I would be a little bit more concerned about, especially if it's like. If they're selling a lot of stuff really fast, like if it like if it looks like their eBay store and they got zero reviews, yeah, that That's might be good. a red yeah. flag. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. Now, I let me. I, so I'm gonna finish the story here, and then we'll we'll get to our most prized time of the podcast. But not just talking about social media. Will you run through social media? <clears throat> yeah, no, no, we'll do that in a little bit. But so <clears throat> so they open the guy opens the case and he says, "Listen, this is guilt all over." Seller is stating that the item, a modern hardware jacket, is not in the same condition as it when it was shipped. Stating that there is far more damage and additional stains, I received the jacket. Notice it was not as described. It was listed as blue and it's clearly gray. He was already setting me up because I saw that and it wasn't. But tried it on anyways. Found that it didn't fit as the other jackets. Same size, same manufacturer that I already own. Hmm. I then placed the jacket in a different, better than what I received in package and requested a return. Like, why did he take that jab? Now, here's the funny thing. I sent it in a padded envelope and it fit just fine. It wasn't like I had to like muscle it in. It just, it fit in real nice. He sent it, no joke, in like a, I think it was like a four, four by six by eight, like long box. 
Think about a jacket. Like yeah. he had to cram the jacket in there. I don't even know why he said that. Anyways, um, there was already a considerable amount of damage to the item when I purchased it. There's no way I damaged the item further or stained it in any way unless it happened in shipping. Like what? So this is what eBay did. eBay sided with me. I gave him the 50% partial refund. I didn't refund them a shipping. eBay refunded him the other, the rest of it and the shipping. So we both got scammed. Now I still won because I only paid $7 for that jacket and I, I made like $10 net profit still. So it's okay. But I want you to understand like if you don't have a return policy and this happens to you, you're going to be in a tough spot. Right. And because then you, you have, you have no way you, you can say, I don't want to accept the return, but eBay and all these platforms, we've already, I shared this a long time ago. They have that money back guarantee. And if a buyer is saying what they got is not what they received. And you're saying that they did, they're going to, they're customer focused. They're going to side with the buyer. Right. Do you think I'm off on that one? Um, no, I well, kind of. I think I think eBay is in a lot of ways more seller focused. Um, in yeah. the sense, in the sense that you're the one they're making the money off of, right? So if, if somebody comes in and they've made four or five purchases, and you're a seller that's selling tens of thousands of dollars worth of items every year or month or however you know big of a seller you are, they're going to side with you because if they lose that customer, it's not the end of the world. If they upset you as a seller they're losing profit, right? Like mm. you're where they make the profit. So um, I, I definitely think, I think it just depends, right? Like if you've got that reputation, you're a good seller. Um, now, if it's a buyer who's buying hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of items a year, right? Like they might want to keep them or if, they, if they're just worried about their reputation as a whole, they want to be like, I was able to buy those soda stream machines knowing like they're going to take care of me if this is a scam, right? Like if I don't get my items, like they will take care mm. of me. I trust eBay. Um, so I, I definitely think eBay has a good reputation, uh, but I think overall, eBay is probably going to try and side with good sellers more often than not, um, as much as they can, even if that means they're going to take a little bit of loss here and there, because uh, they don't want you jumping ship and going to another company, right? Because they make a lot of money off you. Yeah. You're the one that buys the store, insertion uh, fees, right? Oh man, here we go. No, but it. I will say that the higher the feedback, the longer you've been selling, I think, well, no, I know all those play a part, right? So that's, that's a good way of being proactive. Like, and I'm, you know, you don't have to have hundred percent feedback. There's plenty of people that have 99.9 or 98.7 that are just fine. But if you have a solid track record of metrics, because here's what's funny and not, not funny. I don't think that's the right word, but I get DMS from, you know, sellers that have like really bad feedback. And they're like, Hey, Orlando, eBay's not siding with me. And then I'll ask the question, I'm like, all right, where's your feedback? And I'm like, well, this is why. Right. Because if you had a pretty clean seller metrics up until this point, like one time, I don't know if do I want to say this. I had somebody I, I had a negative feedback at one time and it was my fault. And I actually said, listen, I know that this negative feedback was my fault. And I, I wish I did things better, but I've been on this platform for a long time. I have a hundred percent record. Is there ever an opportunity to have a courtesy? They took care of me right now. Don't flood eBay's headquarters with like, I want my courtesy, but there's something to be said about your reputation. There's one more thing we got to talk about proactive. If you're, if you're selling international, I know I'm going to get flagged for this eBay global shipping program. It is the safest way 
to protect yourself from scammers 101% because once it gets to Kentucky, you're done. If you go simple export on pirate ship or if you go your own international first class, you get scammed. You're scammed. If you do eBay global shipping program, you're good. And I would say that that has been the case 101% of the time for me. Yeah, I, I just don't know if it has to be either or. We don't need to get into that. It with has to, if we're talking about scamming, it's an either or. Well, but but that's the thing is like when you sell an item, you don't necessarily choose whether it's going to go, like if you've got a global shipping program set up, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know whether it's going to go domestic or global until somebody buys it. Correct. Right? So if by having international, not just global shipping program, but you just have you know other international options available, that would be like a domestic, right? Like you're not protected in the same way as domestic. It's not like as soon as it gets to Kentucky, if it's domestic, right? So you're not upset if it sells domestically, you still have to do the things to make sure you're not getting scammed. But if you are if you have both global shipping program and the other ones available, or you're just selling through the other one, it's like making a domestic sale. And if, if you can make more sales, if you have 30% more sales than you do through global shipping program- Such an anecdotal cheaper, number. Like I, I don't like- Anyways. But 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 it's not. I, I don't think it's anecdotal because I think global shipping program costs significantly more for the buyers, yeah, which I think it is costs why, me zero. Well, I realize, but what what I'm saying though is, you often say like global shipping program things that sell are usually higher end items, right? Hundred percent. I think the reason why is and never because a problem. The reason why I think higher end items sells because if you're already spending five hundred dollars for an item, you're not so much concerned about spending fifty extra dollars for shipping. Yes, and that's right. why you want that buyer, right? But you that's don't the want same. the buyer that's like, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay five, you know, I don't want to pay $10 more for this shirt that I only want to pay 24. Right. Like, I don't the, want that buyer. But the point I'm trying to make though is you, you but you want that buyer domestically. Like, you'd be furious sure. if domestic sells, if the shipping was that high, right? You'd be like, I'm not going to get any sales if I don't, if, if the shipping isn't cheaper. So, internationally, like, you actually, might- I don't want that buyer either. I don't. Like, I, any buyer that complains to me about shipping, I Okay. But even, if you're, if you're, if you're charging that. $50 to ship a t shirt, no, I know I'm not though. But if you were shipping it through global shipping program, it might cost that much. Yeah, true, true. And again, I'm I'm not saying like I've already mentioned I'm doing simple export for Harley T-shirts. I, in the context of our conversation here, the best way to proactively protect yourself from scammers globally is through eBay's global shipping program. There, there, there is no contest when it comes to scamming. Now, is there a discussion that you may be right? <laughs> to be had about, hey, am I missing out on sales or not? Possibly, yes, there is. But when it comes to protecting yourself from scammers, eBay Global Shipping all the way, hundred percent. That makes sense. I'm not trying to win you. Maybe over. so. So basically, you're saying like I could ship an empty box to Kentucky and I'm good. I'm not saying that. Is it possible that that scenario can run through? Yeah. Now, they so may- if you're a buyer no, no, through GSP, you have no protections. Only the seller does. Here, here's, here's, the only thing, here's the only thing I don't know. I don't know what happens when it gets to the global shipping center. Right? Do they open it and check? Right? For customs? Do they repack? I've, I've heard some people say that they, they saw pictures of what the person got in like, let's say, I don't know, England or whatever. And it was a different box than what they shipped it in. So maybe they repackaged it. I don't know. If it was one where it just like scams, scans through, scams through, it just scans through and eBay never checks it. Yeah. And maybe that's a scam that's happening right now. So there you go. So Mike will post this on the dark web and say, you're welcome. 
Yeah, but see, a, again, you, you don't have the option of just selling stuff through GSP, so that'd be... I, I can't imagine scammers banking on that. No, right? I, I agree. I'm being facetious. But but yeah, I, I 100%. I mean, how many times have I shipped something out and people are like, oh, it broke and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, you know what? I honestly don't know if like shipping would have caused that thing to break. But it doesn't matter. eBay Global Shipping says, we got you. And you're good to go. There you go. So, all right, real quick. Hey, if you're not following us on social media, definitely... Recommend you do. Uh, we're always dropping content on our IG stories or on our <laughs> TikTok or on our Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram at PRSO Podcast. We're on Twitter at PRSO Cast. Uh, you can always give us a call. We're trying to bank some you know, phone calls to maybe have a phone call interview in an interview episode. Uh, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Yeah, you could always email us, podcast at gmail.com, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I, I think we're going to start putting our uh, our address, not our personal address, but our podcast address because we get people all the time that want to ask us if they want to send, they want to tell us they want to send something. So maybe we'll throw it on there. So Because we're going to open up some packages in our next ep- update episode. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, if you're not following us on YouTube, definitely would love it if you could uh, hit that subscribe button and that notification, Pure Podcast. And as always, grateful for all the reviews. Very thankful. Uh, just very well written. And uh, we appreciate every single one of you. So thank you so much. Yeah. And now it is time for... Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, hustle of the week. Here we go. This part is amazing because this is the stuff that gets you motivated because you see people out there grinding and then making it big. And you know that you've either had those experiences yourself or if you haven't, it's coming soon because that's just what happens when you resell and you hustle hard is you get these breaks every once in a while. So here we go. Our first one comes from Joe, IG handle at Joe's Computers. So Joe works for a medical supply chain company that delivers surgical supplies and equipment to hospitals. One hospital was doing a three-story expansion and all the construction dumpsters were next uh, to where he backs up his truck. He noticed a Nipco pressing chain. I don't even know what that is. It goes new for $1,500. You don't know what a Nipco pressing chain is? No. Neither do I. Um, uh, He listed it for $600 and accepted an offer for $410 plus shipping. That is amazing. You know, there's no shame in doing some dumpster diving. Um, Do I think I would just randomly go to random places and jump in dumpsters? Probably not. But if you're somewhere and you see like, hey, like there's some good stuff in there, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, you know, there's people who 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 do well. I, I talked before, I used to do that with this uh this place that was where I lived that that did like fitness supplies and like um like supplements and things like that and stuff would expire and they'd throw it away and it was like one day expired and it's like this stuff's still good. Um I would never sell that. But like, yeah, construction site, you never know, right? Like scraps and things like that might be very, very useful. Um, or even like, I think another good way, this this just potentially could be a tip. When you go to conventions, right? Like if, if you ever see like big convention centers and they have random conventions for different stuff, um, a lot of times companies will ship the stuff, the stuff gets used at the convention and then they don't want to pay for shipping back. And so things end up in, in dumpsters or just given away, right? So if you're walking around a convention, a lot of times they're like, we're not shipping this like TV that was in our booth back. So like you can have it or they'll just throw them away. So you never know, right? Like 
keep an eye out, know what types of places may be doing construction, those types of things. And you might be able to get a Nipco pressing chain uh, for free and sell it for 400 bucks. There you go. And, and Joe is actually a follower of ours from day one. Yeah. He actually was one of the first hustles of the week with the Doug decoy. Nice. So if I remember that right, maybe it was something else, but he has sold Doug decoys. But Joe, we appreciate you. Joe's always out there just supporting us. So thank you so much. And you are the man. Nice work. Seriously, free to 400. I mean, that is free to 400. Free to 400 plus shipping. Thank you plus again, shipping. Joe. All right, Joe's computers. All right. Hey, so our next one is Mickey, IG handle fuzzies underscore treasures. And he purchased a wholesale vintage lot clothing box. And it's interesting because I've been thinking about buying some of these. The unfortunate thing is the company that I've done business with before, due to COVID, I can't buy from them right now. So now there's a lot of them out there. I get, you know, we just had our episode with Lindy about liquidation pallets, but there's a lot of wholesale vintage clothing businesses out there. Now, you may think that they sort and they pick through stuff, but if you remember from Lindy's episode, remember she got a free Apple Watch, brand new. That happens too. And this is what happened here. So Mickey ended up ordering a box for $600 that had around 50 items. He found the one shirt. It was a vintage BC boy shirt. That's pretty sweet too, huh? From the 80s, he listed on Depop. Man, I want to get into some Depop action. Like, I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out with Mercari or Poshmark, but I feel like I'm missing out with Depop. Sold the one BC Boy shirt for $300. That means he had 49 shirts still left. So it paid for half of the box. That That's is a hustle nice. of the week. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I'd struggle selling that shirt, but it is what it is. That's you got to make that is. money. Right. So, thank you, Mickey Fuzzies underscore treasures. All right. Right. All right. Next one. Our next one is Brett IG handle. Uh, let me get this right. Brett Timmons. Brett Timmons five uh, picked up an item at a garage sale, which the owners didn't know what it was. And he was told it was anything you want it to be. <laughs> I, I love that. What is this? I don't know. Whatever you want it to be. That's that's great. That's that that's the kind of personality that uh, you either love or go, rubs you wrong. Win. So, um, so he paid five dollars for it. I mean, to buy something like I don't know what this is. Neither do I. All right, here's five bucks. Right, like, hey, why not? Uh, so pays five dollars for it. Found out it was a bone mallet. That's disgusting. <laughs> I, I don't know, even right? know what that is, but that sounds like it sounds like a surgical something. Bone mallet, like you, you mallet the bone. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it's like from Dexter it, or something. Sold it pretty fast for four hundred dollars plus shipping. Man, there you go. Right, like. Hopefully you sanitized your hand after you touched it. I, again, I, I know I when be Brett wrong. showed me this, I'm like, Brett, I'm like, is this, is it even legit to sell this? Like yeah. kind of scary. Like why does somebody have a random bone mallet at a garage? And here's a saw and here's uh here's some tarps and here's, here's some tarps. <laughs> here's some, some acid. <laughs> dissolves wow. You, you've thought this through, huh? I'm just saying like, you never know. Like, Hey, maybe that's how you get rid of, you get rid of the evidence, right? You have a garage sale. <laughs> okay we've become a true crime po podcast now that's right so anyways thank you everyone thank you joe joe's computers mickey fuzzies underscore treasures and, and brett brett timmons five who's also a full-time seller and he, he's killing that that's one of all these guys they have constant hustle of the week right and so again keep going to the hashtag on instagram hustle of the week tag us i will tell you the algorithm been brutal like i'll see some somebody tags us on instagram i don't see it till like two three mm. days later and it's not like we're ignoring you. It's just the algorithm does that. I'm not sure. So yeah, blame it on the algorithm. I, I, no, it's true. Blame it's it true. on the al 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 algorithm. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, 
Now, what's your hustle of the week? Um, okay, so my hustle of the week, um, man, I've been doing pretty good on offer up and let go. Um, it's weird because I feel like they're the same platform, just completely different. Like some people use one and some don't. So like it's might- terrible. It can Their be interface. Yeah, but but I, I sometimes find stuff on there that like way better deals than I find on offer up, really? right? So it just depends on what other people are using. So I, I suggest use both. Look at both all you know and Facebook Marketplace. They're kind of like all three the same, but different people use different ones. So if you don't find it on one, still look up on the other. So, anyways, I kind of went down a rabbit trail of looking for random items. Uh, and I ended up coming across a listing uh, that had like an old RPG game. Imagine like Dungeons and Dragons, but like a little bit different than that, but a sim- similar kind of concept. And it was a whole collection, right? And I could tell that the original posting was for like $150. And then it was marked down to like 40. I was like, Whoa. what? And part of it, the reason why is because this had been listed for like a month already. Wow. Right. And so that's one nice thing, a suggestion I have if you're using offer up and let go is it's not a bad idea to look at stuff that's been listed for months and months and months uh, because either they've already sold it and you're just wasting your time, but that's okay. Cause you're, all you have to do is hit the ask button or they're ready to let it go. Right. Like okay. they're really like, you know what? I have put no this thing intended. up for a hundred. Yeah. I put this thing up for a hundred. I haven't had any bites. It's been three months. Like you can have it for whatever. Right. So I would ask this guy, I could tell I was going to make a ton of money off this. So I was happy at 40. I was like, I'd buy this for 40 every day of the week. So I said, would you take 30? And sure enough, he's like, yeah, I'll take 30. And then I'm like, man, this is such a cool thing. And then I did something that that a lot of people might not do if you're on offer up or let go um, is go see what else they're selling, right? Like I've bought several things where I forget forgotten to do that or I haven't done that, but do that. Check the person, see if they have other offers up because you're already driving there. You already got to deal with them so you can kind of bundle potentially. So I look up and he's got a lot of listings available. And I'd say like another four of the listings are ones that I'm really interested in. And so in the one where I told him, you know, I want to buy this for this price. I'm going to come pick it up today. I said, I'm also interested in picking up uh, this set of books, this set of books, this set of books. Right. And he's like, sweet. I'll give you a deal on them since you're buying all of them. I ended up paying $60 for two big old boxes full of these books of different games, different, um, you know, series of, of, of things. Um, Some are Star Trek, some are Star Wars, some are battle tech, like just different, different games. and I have a feeling I'm going to make probably minimum $500 net because a lot of these books, individual books are selling for like $20 to $40 each. Um, And like one of the sets, there's like 30 of them, 30 different books, supplemental books all put together. And I paid $30 for 30 books. And some of those books are going to net me $10 profit. Some are going to net me $30 profit, right? So it was kind of cool. And the reason it was a hustle of the week is because it was just like a rabbit hole, right? Like I wasn't necessarily looking for this item. I was just scanning, browsing, found an item that made me think of searching for something else. And I scanned for a while until I got stuff that was well over a month old. And that's where the gold was. So um, don't be afraid if you're using OfferUp, LetGo, Facebook Marketplace, uh, ask about old stuff, right? Cause you never know. Sometimes they're like, Oh, already sold. Or they just, they signed up and they don't actually use the account. I hate when that happens where you like, you yeah. send a message and like, they never get back to you ever happens all the time, but it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. So, uh, kind of like we, we talk about in other things like don't marry, like don't count your chickens before they, they hatch. Don't marry the idea that you've already bought this item. Somebody could be selling something for a great price and it could already be gone. Somebody else can get there. Um, maybe they never answer you. It could, could be really frustrating. However, don't be afraid to ask. 
ask, ask, ask on a bunch of items. Literally, it takes two seconds on offer up or let go to ask. And it's kind of nice because you can spend 10 minutes going through and doing a bunch of asks. And then over the next day, you're getting comments. Sometimes it's already sold. And sometimes you're getting the, yep, this is still for sale. And you can start the negotiation, right? So you can keep yourself busy by doing that. And don't be afraid if you do make that that deal to look at what else they have to sell because that, you're already driving That's such a pro them. tip. I mean, I just got back. We recorded the podcast a little bit later today. And Mike was graciously patient because I had a major score, but I'm not going to share that hustle a week until our next hustle week, because I want, I want, I want to share like how much things sold for, because I think it was a, it was a good score, but yeah, it was one of those things where I saw one item. I clicked on all the other offers and I bought out pretty much everything this person had. So nice. And I left the card, but we'll talk about that next time. That's a nice hustle of the week though. <laughs> Thank you. And you know why I did that? It's because of Mike. We were talking yesterday after recording our uh, interview with Reezy, who that's dropping on Sunday. It's it's a great episode, by the way. I mean, all of them are, but this one's this one's good. Um, and I thought I want to be like Mike. Remember those commercials? No, I was you, too young. Oh my goodness, there was these commercials like I, I you want to be like Michael Jordan, like yeah. I want to be like Mike. So it wasn't about Mike, the podcaster, but anyways, okay. It can be. So Mike inspired me and I went and offer up and I scored huge. Okay. So nice hustle week, by the way. Thank you. So my, I'm going to share two. And the reason I'm going to share two is because I think they have valuable stories in each of them. All right. And I, I don't want to belabor the point too much. And I shared some of this on Instagram. So first one was a hat and I sourced this hat, uh, at a thrift and it was kind of like a wholesale thrift kind of place. And I only paid $5 for it. Now I did my research and I saw some people sold it for 50. Some people sold it for 80. Uh, and somebody sold a similar one for 130. And I'm like, all right, you know, how, how do you think I listed it? High. Yeah. I listed it high. Right. And so I, I get this hat and it's a, it's a grateful dead hat. And I listed it for $200. <laughs> And I'm like, somebody's going to want this. Right? And I'm willing to wait. Like I, my store is plenty of long tail items that I'm just willing to wait. So I waited. I got bombarded by so many low offers and so many messages like that has not worth that much. I even got messages, screenshots of other listings that was selling the hat for like $31. I'm like, why, why didn't you just buy it from there? I should have bought those hats and kind of owned the market on that hat. Right? So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Sure enough. I like, you know, and I always, I, and this is another tip. If you want to get more sales is I always run sales. And then after I run sales, if I get, you know, items show up on your send offers, then I'll send another offer. That's like five or $10 lower. If it's a, an item that's 170, I'll drop it down by 20 bucks. So I dropped it down to 150. offer accepted, paid right away, sold the grateful dead hat for 150 bucks. That, that was a nice hour. And now here's the thing. Grateful Dead stuff, man. That stuff sells. Vintage stuff, people want it. So, and again, I've, I'm not a Grateful Dead fan, right? Again, you, and not that there's anything wrong with Grateful Dead. I just haven't listened to their music much. But think outside of your niche or think about within your niche, what are the things that are selling, right? If you're trying to like, that's, so th that was kind of a bolo. The other one I love because it shouldn't have happened. So I went to an estate sale. Remember what estate sales were? These places you went to and they had like items. I think everywhere. I've heard of them before. Okay. Right. So hopefully one In the day. before time. Man, here's what's killing me. A lot of my big sales have come from garage sales and estate sales. Yeah. Right? So 
I see the CNN plush. So it's basically the CNN news van and it's just a plush. And I buy it with a whole bunch of other items in a bulk, right? I always bulk stuff at this, at estate sales or garage sales. And I got some free stuff too. So I paid like a dollar. I did the research on it. The reason I picked it up is when I researched it, the comp was on there and it said $199.99 with the line through it. Mm. So I'm like, wow, somebody actually got that much money for this plush. I go to flippertools.com. I go to their, what, what did it actually sell for? Only sold for $20. Nice. But here's my theory. Now you can tell me if I'm shady on this theory. I thought not many people know about flippertools.com. So if somebody else were to go on, let's say, Terapeak. Now, how many buyers are going to go on Terapeak, right? Unless they have an eBay store. So if you look at comps, you're going to go like, wow, this sold for $199.99. So I decided to list it for $199.99, knowing that other people wouldn't have access to that information. And sure enough, I got an offer for $125 plus nice. shipping. And it's sold. That's sweet. I mean, hey, if you're the only... if you. If you're the only listing on something, you know, it's at that point, it's a rare item, you know, so. 100%. And the same thing with a hat. Mine was the only listing on there. Because all the $30 ones sold to somebody other than you. Yeah. And now, now people are going to look at my comp and hopefully they're going to raise the price on theirs and take the whole market up. That's how we do it. PHP. Yeah. Destroying markets. <laughs> Destroying, no. Lifting markets. All right. Let's talk about our next. Thank you for all the hustle week. Let's talk about how to reactively act with scammers. Now we talked about proactive. So let's say uh, we'll just run through a couple scenarios because it's kind of the same idea in all these, right? But let's go with the one that's I think the hardest to combat. Somebody says that you sold them something fake. We've talked about this before, right? How how do you react if somebody says you sent me a fake item? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what we've kind of discussed in the past is just. Don't take it personally, right? Like you can't first rule. Do not take any of it personally. You can't take any 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 of this personally, right? So um if somebody comes to you and they say you're selling something fake, um, just say just take the refund, right? Like take the do take the, the return. Take the return, give the refund. If unless they send you, of course, if they send you back something fake, then then you might have to go a little further. But if it's just a matter of them saying, Hey, you sent me something fake, maybe they're hoping that you'll offer them a huge discount or something like that. Just take the exchange. Um, if you know it's legitimate, then then sell it again. And if, if you know, I mean, because there are times that there's been at least once where a customer has helped me out and said like, hey, just so you know, like the the design that's on the back of that jacket, um, it's a such and such a year, such a, you know, and it's not this. So you have it listed wrong and they were right. You know, so mm-hmm. like, so, so you, again, even there, like don't take it personally. Sometimes people are trying to help you. Sometimes people can be rude. Uh, but yeah, if somebody says it's fake, just say, sorry, you weren't happy with the item, do the refund, do the exchange, and then you're done with it. But if you try and start fighting with them, you're going to end up doing or saying something that that either you're going to regret or is going to come back and hurt you when you're dealing with eBay. And then it just becomes a war, a war of words, right? And so again, these platforms are buyer focused and you will lose a war of words, right? I even Even saying I don't sell fake stuff, not that it's an admission, but it's something that doesn't need to be said, right? The expectation, eBay expects all everyone to sell authentic items, right? So for you to have to defend and say, I only sell real things is kind of a pointless defense, right? So just say, hey, I'm sorry you didn't meet your expectations. You're welcome to send it back for a refund. Now, what if they send you something back that's fake? That's where you get to the next level. So once you get to that next level, eBay is going to want to see some kind of police report. Right. You can't just call eBay and say, hey, this is fake. 
you actually have to have validity that it is fake. Not meaning that the police have to prove that it's fake, but that, you know, somebody's not going to go and combat something that's fake, uh, you know, unless they really believe it is, right? So you just calling doesn't give eBay enough to go like, yeah, he's probably telling the truth. You come out with a police report or you you go to the post office and you come out with a fraud report, like eBay is going to decide with you on that one, right? And that's why I've been my experience. As sellers, I know I haven't had that experience, but I've known sellers that have had fake stuff sent back to them. Now you got to do, do uh, you got to determine if it's worth your time too, mm. right? If it's if it's under fifty bucks to me, it's it's not worth it. If it's like a plus one hundred plus dollar item or a thousand dollar item, then it's a hundred percent worth it, right? Then we're getting into you know all kinds of from misdemeanor to felony, like it's a big deal. And and here's what the thing is: this person may be doing this to tons of other sellers, right? So there may be a track record and eBay will side with you, but they're going to want to see evidence that you follow through. Yeah. That's, that's your opportunity to go get justice. You know, if it's, if it's small fries, but you know, if it's, if you know that like they're doing this to you, they're probably doing it to other people and yeah, go get justice, right? Maybe you're the only one that's willing to, uh, to do a fraud report through the post office. I've never had to do a police report for something like this, but you know, um, again, like, you might even have to, I'm not saying you would, uh, depending on how eBay handles it, but some of those things might end up becoming like civil cases, right? Like especially if you're talking about big items and we've had some hustles of the week where people are sending things out that are five, $10,000 items. And if you're dealing with fraud at that level, like th- this might be like a civil lawsuit. And so, yeah, you're going to want to make sure you've got all your bases covered. You've got the proof you've, you've filed claims and you need to file them, uh, whether that's with the police department or, or the, the post office, however that, that looks. But again, if this is a $50 item, yeah, probably not worth it. Yeah, I know. And I know it's hard to hear, especially if you're a new seller, right? Because 50 bucks is a, is, is a big deal, right? But, you know. But be encouraged, this doesn't happen that much. No, like I said, like this is like 0.01% of the time. Now, the other one uh, that you, how to be reactive is, is the, hey, I never got the item. Right now, the easiest way is so tracking. Now, some of you might say, well, what if the person continues to contact me, right? Here's the thing. The best you can do once tracking shows that it arrived, it's out of your hands. eBay will side with you. PayPal will side with you. I don't know about the other platforms. I haven't had that happen other platforms, but that's all that needed. Now, some people will try to do uh, like a PayPal chargeback or they'll 90 days after the fact, but this is why it's so important to have tracking. Now, what do you do? What do you do if the item still hasn't showed up? Like who is responsible for contacting the post office? If it's already left you, it's actually the buyer's responsibility to call for the post office because they have to call their local post office because they have to figure out. Because what happens sometimes, you know, let's say somebody lives in a in an apartment complex or a condo area or whatever it is, the package may have been left at the front desk, may have been delivered to the wrong door. So it's best for them to contact the post office and follow up, right? But the key game in this is patience. Right. How many times have you've had it and I've had it where people are like, my, my stuff never showed up and it's like, well, okay, I, I don't know what to do. Like this is what tracking shows. Right. So it's always best to be courteous. It's always to react in a very professional manner. Like, I'm sorry that it, it seems that your item did arrive. My tracking shows that it did. I would definitely contact your local post office, your FedEx or UPS and try to open up an investigation and see what happened. And most of the time, I would say 90 plus percent of the time, it gets resolved that way. 
So have you had, you've had a similar situation like that, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I've had some where people, yes, it, it's never come uh, again and, and it shows delivered. So I'm fine. Um, or right now I have one that's kind of a bummer. I send out, yeah. I send out a Bible to somebody and um, this was like three weeks ago and it went through They're USPS like it's not authentic. Media and no, no, no. And it, it just, um, it, like if you look like on the tracking, it shows like, it doesn't say loss in transit. It's just like, it went to a facility and then it like left facility and then that's it. Like that's for weeks. It hasn't updated. Right. And this, the customers I rate almost every day, we're getting messages from them. And it's like, look, it was a one-off item. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's the post office has it. Like, I'm not going to refund you, you know, like it's, it's, it's going to come. I mean, I, I might, but if I do, then the post office is going to cover it. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to great point. That's our next point. Like, okay. So let's say the tracking doesn't show up. You did everything right. You bought the eBay label, the the Amazon label, whatever, and it's just like like what happened to you? It's like in limbo, right? So that at that point in time, you have the ability to file a claim. Now, now is that my responsibility or the customers? That's on you, because it didn't get to them. But but you just said earlier that once once it's shipped out, it's on them. If the tracking, if the tracking shows that. Yeah, the tracking shows that it's out. It doesn't show that it's that it's been delivered, but it shows that No, okay, so maybe I wasn't clear. If the tracking shows delivered, it's on them. Okay. If the tracking, so my apologies, too bad we can't rewind the episode. <laughs> but yeah, if the tracking shows delivered, it's definitely on them. If it doesn't show delivered, it's still on you. Hmm. Right? And if the item, even if the item is damaged in shipping and it shows tracking, it's still on you. Right. And, and some people might disagree. Let me know. I could be wrong, but you know, I've done this for a little while and I've always taken it upon me and it's been pretty easy. I'll file a claim with USPS. Hey, the item never arrived. Here's a track and USPS refunded me. No problem. Right. Or an item gets damaged. Now I have this happen all the time. I'll give you a scenario. I sent out a coffee grinder. It was like a, it was a $300 grinder and it was $65 shipping. It showed up. I know it was not damaged. I know I packed that thing good, but it went to a, a refurbishing place. And they're like, hey, the base on this is damaged, you know, um, but, you know, I don't want to send it back. Can we get, can we, do? I'm like, well, I can do a partial refund. They're like, all right, that's great. And the guy's like, hey, I think I have another extra piece of these in my warehouse. How about, you know, we, you just refund me the 65 and we call it even. Hmm. <laughs> obviously we all know what went down, right? So I did. I refunded him his 65. He got free shipping. I filed a claim. I got my 65 bucks. We all won. Now, I'm going to be believe the best about that person and go with the fact that they weren't trying to swindle anybody, right? I sleep well at night, right? Isn't that crazy? That was, that was scam, 100%. I mean, I'm having a little bit of a hard time following it, but it sounds shady. What do you mean? It's shady. Like that, I hundred percent believe that that company or that person or whatever it is does that all the time. Mm. They have spare parts. They claim a certain thing is broken. It ends up being the cost of the shipping. They just replace it. They get their money back. They're all good to go. I mean, think about that. That's that's flawless, right? So, anyways, it is sad. So, 
if it's a shipping thing now i've had a person before like sometimes i get people that like i'll send stuff to and i know they damaged it when they got it like they they opened up the packaging and then they ripped something or they tore something i had a guy one time cut a hawaiian shirt in half <laughs> cutting the shipping now that was on them so that wasn't one i could file a case for like what am i gonna tell the post office somehow this got slit open in a conveyor belt but it's very simple. Like it's it's not worth the battle. It's not worth the hassle. Like if if that's what happens, that's what happens. Okay. So if something again, if something is damaged in transit and it gets to them, I I believe it's on the seller's part to file the claim. Now you can ask them for pictures, which always helps. You get pictures of the packaging, pictures of the item. It always helps. But I've known the post office to be good with just. The picture of the transaction of you of the message from the buyer saying that it was damaged and the screenshot of the transaction of you refunding the buyer. That's been pretty much good enough. All right. That's good. Like did, did we cover pretty much everything? I think so. I think I think I think there's millions of scams yes, out there that 100%. you gotta be careful of. And um, you know, the only thing you can do is be wise. Uh if it's too good to be true, do a little bit more research. Um, be a good seller and have your metrics right and uh, you know, make sure you're following all the steps you need to in in case things go bad. And I think you'll be good to go. It's going to happen occasionally. Uh, but I think the 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 smarter you are and the more experience you have. And when I say smarter, I don't mean like, you know, you're smarter. But like the more you do this and, and the more you fail and have, have mistakes, the better you're going to get at it. And you're going to have fewer mistakes in the future. So the more experience, the better off you're going to be. And eventually you're going to get to the point where this happens so, so and rarely that it's not going to it's not going to destroy your business. So if you're new, you're starting out, uh, don't let this scare you. Occasionally, there's going to be scams. Now, it you can go looking for them, and you can be scammed even more if you if you're if you're trying to find too good to be true things. Uh, but you know, just be wise, and I think we all end up winning because that's what we do when we hustle. <laughs> we win. Now, I will say we haven't covered everything. I've even covered like. There's ways to like put markings on certain electronics or, you know, track serial numbers. I haven't talked about all that. So I know some of you are going to be like, hey, how come we didn't talk about that? It's just we could talk all day about the different kinds of scams. But if you have ideas you'd like to share with us and the community, definitely put them in the comments below. But hey, just understand, for the most part, you're going to have legit buyers. You're going to have legit sales. But keep on listening. Stay yeah. positive. Stay encouraged. Yeah. And then with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Please.